When you know that you are queer, but your favorite drink is beer, that's gayish. You can bottom without stopping, but you can't stand going shopping, that's gayish. Oh, gayish, you're probably gayish. Well, life's just too short for narrow stereotypes, so it's gayish. We're also gayish. It's gayish with Mike and Kyle. Hello, everyone in the podcast universe. This is gayish the podcast that must have three strikes because we are out yeah <laughs> and and so many balls before that <laughs> uh i'm mike johnson i'm kyle Getz. we're here to bridge the gap between sexuality and actuality and today today we're, we're gonna talk about trans stuff yeah we are doing our long requested long-awaited uh interview with a trans mass person we've talked to a trans femme person we've talked to non-binary person we i mean we've had a other trans people on in general but this is that kind of like let's just ask all the questions you're not supposed to so you don't so you don't do it <laughs> yep yep that's exactly right yeah. and 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 boy my my list of questions is juicy Ooh, mm-hmm. interesting he's in for a wild ride okay um but first but first quick correction <gasps> at the risk of being church racist and saying that they all are the alike uh i messed up the story last week when i said that the church in zilla that hosted the uh, romeo and juliet play that had everybody upset because of the trans rights thing and the potentially gender non-conforming person that was cast as romeo it was not the church of godzilla it was the Church of the Nazarene. Those are different churches. They're not all the same. You're welcome, Zilla, for that correction. Yep. You were on pins and needles. Yep. That's cool. it. It's a different church, Kyle. Hmm. They have more than one church in Zilla, believe it or not. Oh, good for them. Yeah. <laughs> well, or bad for us. Well, you know. Okay. Hey, everybody. Hey, buddy. Fucking listen up. Oh, hi. You dick bags. Hi, friends. Uh, uh, we are going on a tour this year. It's a six-city stop. Not to be confused with a three-hour tour in Gilligan's Island. Uh, tickets are on sale May the 1st. And and our our production assistant, Derek, reminded me that this is the last episode before that. I did. No. Thanks. No. Let, give, <laughs> let's give Derek credit where he doesn't deserve it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Tickets are on sale May the 1st. Please buy the tickets. Those are pre-sale tickets. So they are um, going to be discounted for now. Um, so now's your chance to swoop in and, and get your tickets. Except for New York City, because those were are have already been in pre-sale and will stay in pre-sale until May 1st, and then they will go up in price, unless you're a Patreon person. Also, I'll be posting to Patreon the discount code, which gets you 50% off. That will also happen May the 1st, so check the app uh, before you buy your tickets so that you can get, you can go, you can get, you know, cash money back. Yeah, and a Patreon, you get your discount no matter when you buy it. That's one of your uh, the benefits that we're doing this time around. But please, if you're going to come, please buy tickets so we know it's really helpful to like have numbers and stuff. So yeah. even though you don't have, there's no rush because your discount is permanent. Yeah. It'll help us. Do it sooner rather than later because yeah. it helps my blood pressure. Yeah, yeah. Samesies. Uh, also, everybody, I just want, I don't, I want everybody to know we're not even going to break even on this tour. Mm. Like one way to talk all of these fucking bars into letting us do our gay ass podcast was saying that we were going to buy you all a drink. So <laughs> like at least half of your ticket is just a drink ticket like so that you can, you know, have a cocktail with us. So yeah. we're doing just, this for the love of love of the game. Yeah. Yeah, just 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 keep that in mind that like your ticket price includes a a a, a beverage. <laughs> That's all. Yeah. Yeah, come out. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have, we're excited to, like Mike said, we're doing this, these shows not to make money or anything because we won't, but yeah. just because we love doing them and people have wanted 
um, for us to start doing live shows and yep. um, and it's great to see people. So yep. come out. Yep, absolutely. It's gayishpodcast.com slash live is where all of the details are. Uh, but uh, uh, that's June 4th in New York, June 23rd here in Seattle, June tw- July 29th in Chicago, August 13th in San Francisco, September 10th in Los Angeles, and October 15th in Houston, right? Kyle's back hole. <laughs> uh, yeah, so do it. Do it. Now the news? Yeah. Great. Shut your mouth hole. It's time for your ear holes. News, news, news. Uh, news the first, Barry Humphreys, known for his drag persona, Dame Edna Everidge, is dead at the age of 89. Now, I mention him because uh, I don't want people to give me the I can't believe you didn't bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, and A good reason to, a good motivator for anything. <laughs> yeah, and I, I but I want to I be clear that he's problematic oh. and I don't necessarily want to like gloss over that like it's okay to be sad he was a big deal and kind of problematic so uh he was hilarious a genius um and 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 for sure like a pioneer into in bringing drag into the mainstream like well before rupaul was even fucking born right he's been doing drag as a mainstream comedy thing since the 50s and 60s but uh he did say some pretty heinous shit about trans people in 2016 Mm. um he was wholly unapologetic about it and and then doubled down to talk about political correctness as being a disease and that um cancel culture is ruining comedy Mm. um he was also maybe racist at least told a racist joke that selma hayek got involved in was super pissed about um uh so anyway just like he's a big deal and funny and it's okay to be sad he was almost 90 product of his time blah 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 but also kind of a problematic dude also he was straight and married so whatever huh weird yeah what a weird guy <laughs> <laughs> yep weird huh. dude huh. Yeah. i mean I, we talked about him at a party like it was big enough that like they, this came up in our friend group so like, yeah. yeah exactly right it's like i i don't really know why i know him but i know him like just kind of that ubiquitous i mean that's what an icon is kyle yeah yep. also not a list okay um <laughs> Uh, 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 news the second. So the United States House of Representatives, which I will remind you is controlled by the dickbag asshole fuckface party, the Republican <laughs> GOP party, has passed the Protection of Women and Girls in Sports oh, Act. Oh, no. Which prohibits those assigned male at birth from competing on female sports teams in K-12 through schools and universities that receive federal funding. Not um, like... Working on making sure they get equal pay or opportunities or access or any of the actual issues that affect women's sports. Correct. <laughs> Correct, Kyle. Cool. Let's or, protect or, those women. Or anything else that matters, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, it was it was along party lines, 219 to 203. Uh, there were 13 people who didn't vote, which wow. that's you know way to stay on the fence for that one. But uh, it's also just theater. It's all theater. It is dead on arrival in the Democrat-controlled Senate, so this will not pass into law, but they just are totally, you know, creating a situation where they can say, we tried to save women, and the Democrats fucked it up because it's this is their wedge issue. The, like, abortion is our wedge issue. Their issue is, is trans stuff. Anyway, so... Which so, shouldn't downplay, like, that it, they're then directly negatively impacting trans people's lives so although they are using that for political gain that they then they're like shitting on a giant part of our community which which sucks to be the the recipient of that dump wow that was (laughs) not my best metaphor um which but so 
it's not working at the federal level because the Democrats control the White House and the Senate. But at the state level, shit is fucked and it's getting worse. So this is news to be, yeah. um, which is that a, a trans lawmaker in the state of Montana has been denied the opportunity to speak until she apologizes for saying lawmakers would have, quote, blood on their hands if they supported a bill that bans gender-affirming medical care for trans youth. We'll stop killing trans people then, you know, and then you won't have blood on your hands anymore. Yep, That seems like a you problem. This is her first term in the state house, and... Go ahead. The party that loves free speech is not letting her speak. Like... (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure. Also, uh, well, okay, so there's 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 a couple of things. She also references the the small government thing mm-hmm. that, like, uh, quote, it's hypocritical, but it's coming from a caucus who talks about limited government as their goal, and then the very same caucus is pushing to take away medical care that is accepted by every major, major medical association from people like me. I think there's inherently a hypocritical nature there, but I'm not surprised that they would stoop so low as to misgender me. In all of the press releases released by the Republicans, um, they repeatedly refer to her using male pronouns. Mm. Um, And just, it's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. What she actually said, the only thing I will say is if you vote yes on this bill and yes on these amendments, I hope the next time there's an invocation where you bow your heads in prayer, you see the blood on your hands. <laughs> and uh, That's great. Uh, so they say that she is being uncivil. The Speaker of the House, Matt Regier, 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 I don't know, he's a fucker, says, quote, it's up to me to maintain decorum here on the House floor to protect the dignity and integrity, and any representative that I don't feel can do that will not be recognized. Um, she posted a picture of her microphone with her I want to talk light on Mm -hmm. and has been like that. Uh, She has said, my light is on and I'm ready to speak on behalf of the constituents who elected me to do so. Uh, It's really interesting to me that it's like, I don't know, legal Mm -hmm. to like just ignore an elected representative. Like you just don't get to participate in what's in the constitution. It just is fucking crazy to me. and one person gets to be like do i call on you or not like this isn't like mrs hampton's third grade class where like billy you've talked too much like let's keep it quiet for a second this is like someone that was elected to speak yeah oh montana why do you have to be like this oh everywhere else that's oh, red or even purple oh america why are you like this this is why we can't have nice things mm-hmm. Anyway, she said, I'm going to continue to do what I was sent here to do. I will punch in on every bill that I feel like I have things to say about, things to speak on, and I will punch in, ask, and demand to be recognized. Where that goes from here depends largely on the speaker and the body. If they're going to see fit to allow me to partake in debate, as is my right as a duly elected representative of the state of Montana. Good luck. Hmm. Uh, News the last. Great. My favorite news story of the week. Um, Lizzo. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Lizzo yeah, yeah, yeah. was in Knoxville, Tennessee, at Thompson Bowling Arena, and invited a bunch of drag queens to join her on stage, uh, which is not yet illegal. But um, uh, the the state of Tennessee it's trying to be <laughs> about a month ago, Republican Governor Bill Lee signed into law a bill that criminalizes public drag performances. But that bill has been temporarily halted after a Memphis-based theater group sued. So it's legal for now on a court 
technicality mm. kind of a thing. So, but Lizzo's definitely like flaunting. I brought drag queens with me. Here we go. Fucking deal with it. That's how you do it. That was amazing. Yeah. That's how you use your platform and your like. There are certain people that have the ability to make a statement and make a big splash and make a show, and it's a very small number of people that can do things like that. And and she's one of them. Yep. During the show, she said, quote, in light of recent and tragic events and current events, I was told by people on the Internet, cancel your shows in Tennessee. Don't go to Tennessee. Their reason was valid. But why would I not come to the people who need to hear this message the most? That's kind of a, a consistent thing. Like you hear people say, well, like, we're not going to this state and that, you know, for whatever reason, like I remember this happening around bathroom uh, bills yeah. and people would be like, oh, well, we're not going to go to your state then because of that bill. And I can see that being a useful tactic like you don't get our money and people are but then i also see people going and but if you're going to go do something like make a donation or make a statement or make a point out of it i think both can be true and they don't cancel each other out at all that a business who has nothing to do with queer shit can say change your shit or we're pulling our business out like the ncaa or like Fucking Salesforce did that in Indiana during the RFRA stuff. That is totally valid. I also think queer people, queer content makers, can and totally should go to those places mm. and and give them the giant middle finger in person, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Like saying be nicer to gay people or we're out, valid. Gay people going to a place is saying here we are, we're fucking gay, deal with us. Yeah, valid. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, the drag queens that were featured uh, included Asia O'Hara, Aquaria, Candy Muse, and Vanessa Vanji from RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, there's a fuck ton of them. And my favorite <laughs> part is that even with all that fabulousness, Lizzo still is like, stands out in this picture. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, Lizzo might be my favorite drag queen now. Um, anyway, uh, fuck you, Tennessee, and the horse you rode in on. Yeah, thanks, Lizzo. Um, I would like to. That's speak- the news. Oh, right. Thank <laughs> I was already on to that. I was, yeah, yeah, I was moving this ship you, forward. Crack that whip. Someone's got to, and it's crack not. Crack that whip. Devo. Now we got to add that to Licorice the list. Licorice whip. Oh. That's the Simpsons. Right. Um, uh, I would like to thank <laughs> both Licorice Whips and uh, the following new Patreon members. One new Patreon member, Philip and Gilbert. Is that really two? I don't know. Philip and Gilbert. Oh. Are we being honest about how many people are signing up for this account? Why does that sound like Burton and Ernie to me? It sounded like Rosencrantz and Gildenstern <laughs> or something to me. I'm going to just instead, this is Phil Philbert. Philbert? Yes. Welcome. Because you're only allowed to have one name. Sorry. Yeah. You can't have two people. <laughs> Thank you, Philbert. Or Gillip? Nope. Philbert. Philbert's better. Um, if you want to join Patreon, get bonus content, have me try to say your name. Um, get 50% off your live show tickets. 50% off your live show ticket. We have a, a happy hour coming up, so now's a great time to join on May the 3rd at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. We all get together, have drinks, chat. It's a lot of fun, so... You can join for just $2 and everyone is invited. Uh, so look out for the details that will be posted on May the 3rd to the Patreon app. There's a lot to check Patreon for. Yeah, you should like make sure that your Patreon account works and yeah. that your shit is up to date. Because yeah. we use it for talking to you about stuff. Yeah, yeah. So make sure you join and see us there. Great. You want to talk about trans stuff? Yeah, let's do it. Um, So 
I wanted to start off with, we are, of course, um, I think maybe I could have or we could have done a better job of this in in previous discussions where this is the, like the topic and what we're doing is like we are interviewing one person yeah. and there are a variety of experiences. So yeah. like um, I think uh, partially w- one of the reason that we got requests for trans mask is both it's another experience that is important to showcase and trans femme people do get a lot more kind of visibility at, in like in act, actors and yeah. models and people you think of tend to be trans women. So yep. want to make sure we give the spotlight to everyone. But then of course, in doing so we will, there's plenty of other people um, and experiences out there, but I just yeah. wanted to also, it feels, it feels like these days there's more focus on trans women, um, like because of sports, because of like mm-hmm. bathroom bills stuff, like, like uh, it, I'm not going to say trans men have it easier because they clearly don't, but they don't seem to be the target as much mm-hmm. lately. It's interesting, and maybe we'll ask. We're going to have Ezra on, um, who I saw on Instagram. Pussy boy. Pussy boy. <laughs> um, so we'll talk to him more about, about just his experience and all that. But just for now, I wanted to give an overview from Pew Research. Pew, pew. Sure. Uh, from 2022. <laughs> This I love the look on your face. You paused and you like you. It was like this is happening, happening and (laughs) I thought we were gonna breeze past it real quick, but we're hovering in this area. One of these days, I will be able to control myself and surprise you. I you're you're right. That I would be very surprised. That is Um, not today. That is not. So, one point six percent of people in the U.S. say that their gender is different than that assigned to them at birth. Which I like that question. That it's not just like, are you a trans man or woman, or are you know? It's not limiting it. It's just, is your gender different than that assigned to you at birth? Yep. Of those, and this is where we will like they will not give us the spo- full spectrum, all of possible identities, but at least the data they have is of that one point six percent. The the point six um, are trans men or women, and one percent is non-binary. Okay. Um, of course, there are other identities that could be like we could discuss in here: gender fluid people, gender queer, two spirit. Like there are a lot of different identities beyond just these. So, yeah. and then also, what I was surprised by—I didn't realize this—for the um, people ages eighteen to twenty-nine, that number is five percent. Five percent say they are not um, their gender assigned at birth. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So this is one of those things where we don't know the true number of trans people because they are so discriminated against. Go see our episode on left handedness. It's not that there are more left handed people. We just stop being shitty to them. Like there are not more trans people in the world. It's just becoming more well known. People now can put a word to their experience. Or people counterpoint. Are, remember when we said the glitter was transing the fish? Or maybe drag queen sequins are transing our kids. Oh, Drag queen sequins are the new fish glitter. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You all knew it was coming. <laughs> you could have predicted that sentence from a mile away. Um, yeah. So I think we'll get to see the real number, yeah. you know, as it becomes more talked about. You like to bring up the left-handed more... thing pretty regularly, right? That like, like left-handedness, there's this huge rise in left-handedness that it's not because people are more left-handed. It's that we stop being shitty to them. Yeah. Yep. 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 Exactly. So uh, another just interesting data point, 44% of people, uh, again, in the U.S., say they know a trans person personally. How many percent? 44. That seems high to me. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that's going to be one of the ways um, that that there's uh, a difference is, as you know, and this is, same is true of gay people, like, 
the more you like get to know actual humans and not think of people as identities, yeah. then the more you treat them with respect, unless you're a Republican. It is easy to hate an idea. It is hard to hate a person. Yeah. Visibility matters. Yep, yep. Hashtag come out. <laughs> yeah. It's beautiful. Thank you, you. You, you almost you, you maybe a little bit more uh, selling it at the end next time. But uh, I mean, I didn't know where I was going with it when I started the sentence. So podcasting—that's what podcasting is. Yeah. It's starting something you don't know how to finish. That's also like sex with me. Um, anything else before we? I'm sure. Well, we may or may not reiterate this with him when he when he when he joins us and. I just want to be clear to everybody. Oh, we're, yes. We're going to ask questions because we have been given explicit permission to ask these questions. This is shit that you should not just casually ask a trans person. You just just don't. Like, yeah. We get to because this is our show. This is and this is what we're doing. <laughs> and we're like, and I, it's OK to be curious about things. Also, what, where, where do you, how do you channel your curiosity? Like, listen to this, or you can look things up online. Plenty of people are willing to share their stories. But yeah, this is all shit. Don't ask a trans person any of this. Yep, yep. Just don't. Just don't. Don't. <laughs> um, okay, great. So we're going to take a break, and when we get back, we're going to have Ezra with us, pussy boy, and uh, we're going to have a big old chat. So yep. um, should we take a break? Let's take a break. Let's take a break. This is the part where Mike and Kyle take a break. So are we back? We're back. We're back. <laughs> um, and we want to welcome Ezra Michelle to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Okay, so I discovered you through Instagram. And then I quickly discovered your use of the word pussy boy. So there's, there's yes. a, we want to ask you about a lot of things, but I thought that might be a place to start. Like, tell me a little bit about the word pussy boy. And that's not just a thing that we called you at the top of the show. That's we, did, like your... we did reference it, but you, yes, you use that word. When... Yes. yes, I use that word. I love that word. It's, uh, it, it started because I, I was making a reel on Instagram about, having a UTI and it was like a vulnerable reel. I just like started talking and I just posted it. And it was like, I said the word pussy in reference to my own body. And it was the first time that I'd ever said it publicly. Like I used mm. it in like personal life, like for a while, but it was the first time. And I knew when I posted it, I was like, wow, I said the word pussy like three times in this video. <laughs> I wonder, like, I wonder what's going to happen. I wonder if people will like notice. And of course, Tran binary trans guys noticed <laughs> and some of the binary trans guys that uh had been following me decided to publicly announce their unfollowing me oh <laughs> because of that word and i noted i was just like wow that is so incredible that one word has that effect on us as a community and i remember being really triggered by that word myself at one point in my transition and um i don't know i just it just sort of like made me think about how, like how i healed from it and it was just from exposure to it and st starting to use it playfully and getting comfortable with my body and getting comfortable with that word and it just it just sort of like dawned on me like oh i could make a funny phrase out of this like pussy boy and like as like a reclamation or like a 
a way to expose myself to it. Yeah, I was just gonna. I was just gonna ask if that feels like reclamation, if that's like a, a empowerment through taking it back, kind of a thing. Like, yeah, I'd say so. I mean, it was it was a way that a lot of times um, I felt I felt uh, emasculated. Yeah. You know, like I'd be on Grinder and like people would would message me telling me that I was hot or whatever, and that they didn't mind that I had a pussy, mm-hmm. as opposed to like you know, being excited by it. It was like, oh, like, I don't mind even that you have one. Like, it's okay with me. And I'm like, that's not, <laughs> if, if you think that that's the way to, into my pants, that's not, okay. <laughs> you, know, like, you know? Well, you mentioned grinders. So uh, first, right at, right out of the gate, like uh, what, what is your sexual orientation, gender identity, pronouns, all of that? I use he, him pronouns primarily, but um, all pronouns are fine with me. I identify as bisexual because I think it's a cute word. (laughs) (laughs) Great. I've never heard that explanation for why someone identifies as bisexual, but I love it. I mean, it's like cute. It's historic. Like there's there's more history to it. I think it's like, "Hmm, bye. Um, (laughs) And uh, queer is fine. I guess like pansexual is a word that probably encompasses my sexuality the best but i don't like that word it's just like annoying to me so mm, yeah. and then i identify as a trans man a non-binary trans man uh-huh. talk to me yeah. about like some people may be confused at the idea of like man the the fact that man is in there feels binary but you're saying non-binary trans man can you tell me about those two words working together yeah i mean i like identifying as a man i think it's a fun like little haha me too. Like I, I'm in this club as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Like there's, there's a part of me that just feels like it's important to take up space in that category to diversify <laughs> what it means to be a man, you know? And I do walk through the world as a man. So I, I have a lot of male privilege. I know what it feels like to not have male privilege and then have male privilege. And there is a, there is such thing as male privilege and <laughs> it does exist. Yeah. I can yeah. definitely confirm. <laughs> I love the way I'm treated now. It's awesome <laughs> compared to what it was like before. I should have mentioned up top, you are a musician, a model. You created, you're locked into, you created Pussy Boy Apparel. That word is 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 big in your presence. Um, you're, a, you're a barber, uh, so you are, you do a lot of things. So uh, I should have mentioned all that, but... Okay, I, I, it's interesting. So few people can have the experience of gaining male privilege in a way that you're describing. What don't people that have just lived their lives as men having that privilege and not recognizing it? Like what, how, how did that change? What did that change for you? I guess it just made me uh, more confident, like more certain that people would listen to me when I started speaking. Um, when my voice dropped, the the way that I could grab people's attention was different. The way that I could keep people's attention was different. And I'm somebody who like, you know, even though I have a like a t- like my voice registers as as male uh, most of the time, I still sometimes get misgendered on the phone because I like. I sound like a faggot. <laughs> For those yeah, we that can't see, there's a little bit of a, a hand or wrist motion yeah. that, that accompanied that. I mean, we all know, like, yeah, it's it's kind of like, I talked like this before my voice dropped. And then once my voice dropped, I was like getting, like, people were um, 
receiving me as a gay man, a mm. cis gay man. And I was like, why does everyone think I'm gay? I just really didn't think to myself, oh, like the, the way that I speak is going to stay the same. It's just it's going to be in a lower register. Mm. So I still sound very effeminate in the way that I speak. Mm. That didn't change from testosterone. Interesting. I guess like why I said that is because like I have male privilege, but I have the male privilege of like an effeminate gay man. So there's still like, you know, I still have like people um, disregarding what I'm saying, you mm. know, mechanics and and construction workers and things like that. <laughs> Do you, are you good with like things like cars or construction or like home stuff? Like I am not good I, at someone should disregard me absolutely because i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about do you are you i good actually at do i okay. my dad is a, a plumbing contractor and i worked for him for two years so i, wow. I know plumbing and i know a, a lot of construction hmm. I, I built my my barbershop actually i, I made that wow that barbershop yeah that's Very really cool. impressive i'm Good for you. Damn. I wish I knew stuff like that. I'm really thankful that when the zombie apocalypse happens, there will still be people that can get shit done <laughs> in the world. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, me and my partner watch Survivor, and I'm always like, I could do that. I could do that. <laughs> oh, I, I could eat a worm. Yeah. Oh. I'm like, what, they like show up and get off the plane, and I'm like, I would be out skis. Like, right now is about when I would quit. Yeah. <laughs> They're yeah. like, welcome. And I'd be like, okay, thank you. Bye. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm really curious. You talked a little bit about your experience on Grinder. Like, I, w man, what's a Grinder? I already think of. I got kicked off Grinder, so I don't know what it's. I don't. Who knows what it's been it, like? It's not gotten better. It's, I that? just think of it as a really <laughs> toxic place already. So yeah, what what's being on Grinder or what has it been like? I mean, I used to use it. I don't use it anymore. Me and my partner are monogamous, but when I was out there, you know. I, for the most part, it was uh, unsolicited dick pics and people trying to get my nudes. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and I hooked up with like probably, I would say like under 10 people from Grindr. Mm. And none of them were incredibly like life changing or anything. It was just always like, oh, you came and now we're done. Awesome. Because <laughs> like gay, like cis gay men often are like really turned on by the fact that I like I, I guess the people that are like reaching out to me and like actually making an effort, they're turned on by by my juxtaposition of parts. They're like they're like, this is hot. You're hot, whatever. And then once once we like get together and actually like we're like meeting up in person, they seem to get like a little nervous. Like they're like all talk. They're like, I'm going to mm. eat your pussy and you're going to come like 10 times. And I'm like, Ugh. I doubt it. But like, <laughs> if you say so, like if you really and then they'll go down on me for like two minutes and then feel like, you know, whatever, like they didn't achieve what they thought they'd achieve in two minutes. And then they're like, did you come? And I'm like, bitch, no, girl, no, <laughs> I didn't. You'd know. <laughs> would give you an A for effort but you don't deserve it right yeah you don't deserve it and then yeah I mean it, it that was like how that was like a very consistent experience for me so I kind of gave up on the the hookup thing hmm. a lot of trans guys I'm aware of on social media or dating apps feel they, they talk about trans chasers as being a thing um I would assume that that's most interactions is that true I don't know I I have a hard time with that because it's like I prefer people who who like are trans amorous people mm. who like like trans people or are attracted to trans people 
because there's a the higher chance that they're they're like experienced with us yeah so it's like it's a fine it's a fine line between people who are just genuinely attracted to trans people versus people who fetishize us mm -hmm. and i feel like the tra the chasers are the ones who just dehumanize us and see us as like sexual objects as opposed to human beings with a, a really rich history and like uh an interesting past and like an interesting story because like that can be a really attractive quality in somebody to like you know i'm attracted to trans people because we're like fascinating and cool, mm -hmm. you know, in a human way, not just like, oh, like hot. That guy has a pussy like holes, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. a boy with holes, yep. <laughs> which is like, you know, I get it. But also like it's not it's not nice yeah. to be yeah. seen as a boy with just some holes. Yeah, uh, I've seen a lot of dudes, um, cis dudes who have on their profile that they are trans competent. That's a that's a identifier I've seen. Oh. I'm, I'm, do you have a reaction to that as like a thing to put in a profile? <laughs> I mean, that's a little cocky. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that I wouldn't I wouldn't pursue somebody who is like boasting about that i'd probably be like "Ooh, cringe yeah personally like i just you know don't be weird about it like right. that's the thing like <laughs> don't don't be all weird like it's it's not it's not attractive like but maybe some trans people would be like oh that's a safe person you know i just think that's cringe as hell mm -hmm. yeah 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 yeah, yeah makes sense so you you talked a little bit about uh being on testosterone how tell me about your hrt journey like uh what was that like well i was 18 when i started i'm 27 now i'm turning 28 soon so i'm like nine years uh -huh. as of march 3rd nine years on t uh -huh. which m makes me like a grandpa <laughs> like quite frankly like i am I am a seasoned old man, <laughs> sure. But I look like a twink still, so that's my superpower. Is that <laughs> I, I actually have like quite, <laughs> quite a, uh, I don't know. I, I have a lot of history. I, I know a lot about the community and and what it's been like for the past nine years. It's it's changed so much. So, um, but being on T with you know, it's just been it's been life saving for me. Mm -hmm. When I started tea, I was in heavy drug addiction and alcoholism, like in active use. Uh, I was 18 and I was um, really close to killing myself. And even in the haze of addiction and all of it and not knowing anything about the medical system or insurance or anything like that and living all by myself, I still managed to make my way over to a free clinic in San Francisco and and start hormones hmm. and that I think really saved my life hmm. um, and eventually like gave me the clarity and the comfort to get sober so I think it really did save my life I mean I, I appreciate you like talking about that and sharing all of that and it sounds like a lot and and I'm curious like I, I hear that phrase like it's life-saving and I'm I'm curious to know like can you like maybe tell me a little bit more about that that phrase like wh what what does it do or give you or, or in what ways is it life-saving that's a really good question uh <laughs> well for me i grew up like like i was a really troubled teen quote unquote like <laughs> i i didn't go to school i dropped out a bunch i was really um i was just like rebellious in a lot of ways and it's i think that for me my discomfort gave me this sense of like 
it doesn't really matter what I do to myself because it's not my body. Hmm. Like I didn't know how to identify with my body. Hmm. So like when you look at your body, you're like, oh, this is my body, like whatever, not even a question. But for me, it was like these parts literally felt like they weren't mine. Hmm. Hmm. Um, and so I didn't care what happened to them. Hmm. So it wasn't this like natural like, oh, I just like I need to protect myself. It was like, I don't give a fuck about what happens to me. So I tossed myself into a lot of dangerous situations. I, I, I just was always putting my life on the line because I, I needed like an adrenaline rush in order to feel alive. And in order to feel like I existed, I needed to go to extremes all the time. So it was like, that's how the alcoholism and stuff just really like skyrocketed at such a young age because I was just like, oh, at least I can feel something. <laughs> And and not feel the discomfort of being in my skin, you know, while I'm high or whatever. So in a lot of ways, it's like it's 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 life saving because it's like it allowed me to recognize myself in the mirror and be able to recognize my body as mine so that I could want to keep it alive. Wow. You know, yeah. that's the best way to ex explain it, I think. Is that when we when we talk about gender dysphoria is is that what you're describing is that is that the experience what I'm what I guess I'm asking is like what what you're talking about is very existential to me it's it's like you know your your lived experience versus the truth and and uh, but sometimes I hear gender dysphoria as being something that sounds more acute right like it's uh, sensations in your body or like a physical discomfort is that true I, I can you can you say more about gender yeah, dysphoria yeah. for me i think well i i mean obviously like everybody's description of it is going to be different because they have their own you know perspective on their own experience right but for me it's a lot like it was very emotional it was very like existential like you said like it was like this isn't mine like what what is mine what is a body what is a mind <laughs> like what makes something feel like mine versus not and yeah. like how can I live in this reality knowing that this is my body, but then like act like it's not like mm. how, like it, I was having these thoughts at like age eight. Like mm. I was like wow. tripping, tripping out on this shit while other kids were just like playing in the sandbox. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like sitting in the grass, just like tripping out. <laughs> uh, so that for me is is the main aspect of dysphoria but then also there was a discomfort there was like a physical sensation there was a i i kept when i was younger i would try to explain to my therapist i just want to unzip my skin mm. and mm. and walk out of it i just want to i felt like claustrophobic and i would like like grab at my skin and try to like pull on it to like get at, like it was it was like it was like a, a horror movie wow. for me did people yeah. understand that huh no, <laughs> no. And, and I was I was one of those kids that wasn't trying to hide anything. I wasn't like sneaking around like I was really out loud. Hey, I'm in pain. I need help. I'm cutting myself. Here's my scars. Like, give me help, please, please, please. And my parents were um, really under the impression that it was it was all going to pass and that I was, gonna, you know, it was a phase and, and whatever. And they loved me, but they just, they were so in their own, in their own world. They, they couldn't really see me. Hmm. So, but I really tried. Hmm. I mean, I, I took myself to therapy when I was in 
like high school, I just started going by myself. Wow. For for me, my self harm has often been about um, trying to prove, like, one to stop, just like stop the feeling, stop like the swirling, and then also to be able to show to people, like, to describe depression or how it how things feel is really difficult, but to show someone a cut is much easier. I'm curious what what kind of yours was for you. Yeah, I think that the the cutting thing was was such a cry for help. I mean, mm. I was even aware of it when I was doing it. I was like, this will show them. Hmm. I needed to show them like a physical depiction of the pain that I was in. Yeah. yeah. Um, and even that, like I thought, oh, like, and because it's so dramatic, like it'll really get them to notice. But it was like the language wasn't, wasn't around at that time in when I was in high school like we weren't saying transgender we were we were I was out as a lesbian I was I was like out at a young age I was 15 when I came out as a lesbian mm-hmm. and uh and that didn't fix everything you know mm-hmm. it allowed me to justify wearing boys clothes which was good <laughs> and cutting my sh- my hair short which is like you know that was the reason why I said I was a lesbian because I just wanted to cut my hair to cut your shirt. that's that's like creative thinking that's like creative problem solving <laughs> that's a common thing actually for a lot of trans masks a lot of their stories it's like oh i just wanted a reason to cut my hair so i said i was a lesbian but like uh, like a lot of us you know after we start transitioning um realize that we are actually into men and we you know we like denied ourselves the the ability to 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 like really go after having crushes on men before we started feeling comfortable in our bodies and you know a lot of us starting hormones and i like people always say oh testosterone makes makes people gay hmm. like have you ever heard that i have not i think it honestly it just gives us like the freedom to be able to see men as options hmm. whereas before it was like i was too like i was too like in my jealousy and and whatever i couldn't i couldn't let myself be attracted to men before because I was like too uncomfortable in myself. So I I, I do want to I do want to ask testosterone and and going on tea, uh, did that affect your libido? And can you say like I've I've heard things like psychological changes or changes to libido or changes mm-hmm. to even like how your orgasms feel? Like how, how much of that did you ex- experience or what was it like? Yeah, well, I I started out before I started tea. I had a really bl- big clit. Mm. I always did, uh, and I thought I was really like weird because of it. When I was like, mm. when I was like showering with my friends or whatever, when I was like at sleepovers and like we'd all like get naked, but not like not to like be like you know sexy or sure. anything. It was yeah. just like it was like we would just like, be changing. I'd like notice the other other people's like pussies and be like, wow, everything's like really tucked in. Uh, and uh, I'd be like, like, <laughs> I, it wasn't like that for me. So when I started tea, uh, everything grew a lot. And what used to be a, like a source of shame ended up being like a source of like, I have like big clit energy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like a big reason why I think I talk about it all the time is because I, I do feel like quite confident about my the stuff that I've got. Huh? Um, so not only did it grow, but it also, yeah, my, my libido, I got like way hornier and I was 18 when I started. So like I was already horny, Yeah. but then, yeah, I like, I remember like not even being able to get through the day without jerking off like 
at least five times. Like wow. I was really going through it. Yeah. And it was like annoying. Actually. <laughs> like I was like, oh, this again. <laughs> but back in the early days, like I could come in like two seconds. I was it was like wild. And I mean, it was like it was awesome. And also like I remember like walking, walking around like my boxers would like chafe and like it would like be uncomfortable because it was like newly sensitive and yeah. it was like the first thing that I noticed when I started tea. Interesting. Yeah. You've talked in some of your Instagram videos about your connection and relationship to masculinity and especially you've mentioned feeling like more feminine masculinity. I'm I'm curious, especially thinking about tea, but just in general, like what your relation to masculinity is. Yeah. I well, I think I think the definition, the definitions of masculinity and femininity are so like uh, subjective and stupid. <laughs> and I also think it's like fun to play with. So at this point in my like evolution, my life, my whatever maturity, I, I really only use them as a way to, to play and mm. to, to speak lightheartedly about, about myself and my mannerisms, but nothing is concrete and nothing is like, I would never use those words to like beat myself up anymore. And I used to a lot. So I, I feel like, you know, I, the way that I've like navigated healing masculinity and stuff within myself and like toxic traits is just by acknowledging, you know, the pressures of, you know, identifying as a man and like what, it, what comes with that and, and trying to, trying to like get honest about, you know, what that's like like it's 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 wild to to feel insecure when i'm like shaking someone's hand and not knowing like how firm to shake it and mm. like like that's just that's so stupid like that's so <laughs> silly there's so many like things that are just fake that's like silly little constructs so i feel like the way that i've navigated it is just by being like honest about how how silly it all feels and not not taking things so seriously because i mean when i was first starting like to come out and stuff, I would watch videos on like how to pass as a man, mm -hmm. like change your walk, change the way you talk. Like, okay, so, so guys, they wear snapbacks. So buy yourself a snapback. Like you got to wear your hat backwards. Like don't wear shirts that are too tight because you'll, your tits will show. So like, it was like, it was like, I remember the video. It was like two guys, there were two trans guys and they were like wearing like baggy clothes and they were just like, yeah, this is how you do it. So <laughs> fucking do it. <laughs> and I'm like, and I remember I was like taking notes. Like I was like, okay, cause this is the way you have to do it. So after nine years, I'm fucking tired. Like, I don't want to pretend the reason why I came out was so that I could feel more comfortable in myself, not so that I could put myself in another box to like figure out how to, you know, I was trying, I was trying to be a girl for so long mm -hmm. and now like I'm trying to be a guy like I don't want to try you know <laughs> like that's the whole point yeah it's interesting I would expect and probably still do expect that a lot of the toxic masculine traits come from the outside world but you're also describing some of these traits coming from within the trans community of here are these norms here are these things to do uh, Chris, do you still has that changed or, or do you still get no okay do no. you still get that within the trans community <laughs> I mean, the guys that unfollowed me because I said the word pussy, that's one blatant example of toxic masculinity, misogyny within our community. And it's like they felt completely justified in their anger towards me. Like mm -hmm. they they were like one of the comments was like, 
I thought this was a safe space for trans men and it's clearly not because you said the word pussy and that is a triggering word for me. Hmm. And I was like, I mean, when did I ever say this was a safe space? First of all, like <laughs> I, I didn't say that like nowhere is safe for us. Are you kidding me? Hmm. Like not even not anywhere on the internet, like especially, you know, but nowhere is safe for any, like nowhere is a hundred percent safe for anybody. We all have different triggers, like. Well, and it's 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 your pussy. Don't you get to call it what you want to, right? Exactly. Like, <laughs> That's you know, and a lot of folks, I will say, like, I don't want to just paint this picture like it was just that. It was mostly people being like, "Thank you so much for using that word. Thank you." Like, yeah. I get those DMs like daily from folks saying, "Thank you so much for normalizing this word. Pussy boy has helped me with you know." being comfortable in my skin. It makes me feel sexy. My partner calls me a pussy boy during sex and now I feel hot. Like hmm. it, like that is the, the overwhelming feedback that I get hmm. from folks. So I want that to be very clear. Yeah. Go buy pussy boy merch. Yeah. Everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's all hand screen printed by me at a trans owned screen printing shop here in LA. So that's amazing. Very cool. Yeah. You, so, it, it's interesting. You're, you're, it seems like you're describing like a, a playfulness and a levity and a use of words in fun way as like one of your ways that you kind of deal with some of these traits or norms or expectations. What? Where do you think you got that ability to be lighthearted and, and joke about some of these and play with some of these words? You got some good questions. <laughs> I'm really impressed. I'm really impressed. Oh, thanks. I love that you said levity. That's one of my favorite words. <laughs> Uh, that's like what I try to do hmm. is bring levity to these, these topics that have felt so heavy and so like, just like life or death hmm. for so long. I think that, you know, I, I think that it honestly, like my, my like trauma response that I, that I like developed over the years has just been like to find the humor in situations. And I think that's, you know, a common thing. A lot of us do. Yeah. And um, I noticed that like a lot of times with trans stuff, specifically trans mask stuff, like everything just seems so serious and so like solemn and like poetic, but like in a really heavy way. And it's just like, so like, oh, and I, I love sad shit. I'm like, <laughs> so pro sad shit. Like I listen to sad music. I write sad songs. I love it. And I think that it's important to show multiple sides of the story. And if I can bring some humor to something that has felt su super hard to deal with, then I will, hmm. you know, and that has been like the way that I've healed the most is by like being able to laugh and not take myself so seriously either. Like I think celebrity culture and like influencer culture and social media, like there's this, this, like this really intense pressure to seem like, almost like apathetic and like chill hmm. you know like just like unfazed like oh this oh like i didn't know this was recording <laughs> like i post like a blurry photo because i don't give a fuck like <laughs> you know and uh i just think that's honestly kind of lame um i like caring about stuff and i think it's cool to you know to show that and not take myself so seriously not be so um contrived <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. 
something else you've mentioned in one of your uh, videos is your journey with like religion and spirituality. And it did kind of surprise me that like the fact that you described like kind of coming back to it. So I'm curious if you can talk a little bit about that journey. Yeah, I was raised like really spiritual. My mom's a minister. I went to church camp, but it was like, it wasn't like typical Christian church camp. It was like, you know, God is love and we are love. So we all have God within us and running in and through us and we're made up of a body mind and a spirit and like it was very um you know woo woo (laughs) manifesting law of attraction like all of that stuff was just like embedded in my upbringing Hmm. and meditation and whatever so that stuff really like held a lot of weight for me um especially as a teenager going through like what i what i mentioned earlier And then coupled with having to go to church camp while I'm dealing with like all this other shit, Hmm. it like, it was, it was like, uh, it just made everything really confusing. I think for the most part, I wasn't really able to like comprehend spirituality at the time. I was just sort of like going through the motions, trying to make my mom happy. And then when I got sober, I realized that all the tools that I had been brought up with would have, would come in handy for me because in 12 step they they say like you need to find a higher power and a lot of folks come in with spiritual trauma religious trauma that that actually stop them from from wanting to progress in 12 step because they're like oh god of my understanding well the god of my understanding was like a really punishing god that sucks yeah and for me it was like oh god is love i could do that so it was actually a lot easier for me to like welcome that aspect of the program and then it worked for me and I like really got more comfortable with my spirituality. But then I started dating somebody who was like a really strict atheist. And we had a lot of conversations about um, spirituality and atheism and all this stuff. And over time, I just, I like had this epiphany where I was just like, what if it all is just stupid? Mm -hmm. And what if like, what if there is nothing but what I can see in front of me and I like had this amazing awakening where I was just like, fuck it. God is dead. Like (laughs) I, I'm just going to focus on what I can see and touch and that's it. And that was really important for me. But then over time I started to soften again to the idea of like, you know, at least like being more in the agnostic realm of just like, I don't fucking know. Like it's kind of arrogant to think that I know, (laughs) Yeah. you know? So I think it, I, I, I prefer humility over everything. So I'm like, what's the most humble approach to spirituality? Okay, it's probably that I just can say, I don't know. So might as well do what feels the best, you know? Yeah. And uh, that's kind of like what helps me move through the world is like, okay, checking in with myself, like what, what feels good. And that's what I, that's that's my spirituality is just like tuning into myself. What else has been feeling good for you lately? What What feels good for you these days? I mean, I live in the most beautiful home right now, and it's it's new. I we me and my partner just moved into this place in uh, late December, so it still feels it feels new. But like we're in Laurel Canyon, so I like have this view of the city. I'm like looking at it right now, and uh, and it's it's where Joni Mitchell lived when she was writing her music, and I feel like I just feel so connected. I feel inspired. I have a barber shop in the backyard that I can take clients and, you know, create this really amazing space. I love doing hair. I love like I love the feeling of connecting with people and helping them feel 
like themselves and you know it's i don't know i just i think i've created a life where i don't have to do anything i don't want to do and that's just been based on like gravitating towards what feels good hmm. and um this feels good i love talking to you guys oh <laughs> thanks well I'm, it's very nice to hear all of these like experiences and i really appreciate you sharing everything what what else do you got yeah. mike i, I want to ask about the whole t for t thing which i also see on dating apps a lot and what's your dating experience been have you have you dated cis people have you dated trans people all of the above can you compare and contrast what those experiences are like <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm a hoe. I've been a, I've been around. <laughs> yeah, I'm like a like a romance hoe though. Like I love like I've oh. loved falling in love. So I've fallen in love a lot in my life, and uh, I've dated cis people. The last cis person I dated was was a hot mom. I grew up like thinking was really hot, and then like later on, she like came to visit L.A. and was like, "Do you want to get dinner?" And I was like, "Yeah." Like I'm fucking 26 now. And then we like ended up dating. Hmm. So that was exciting. And she was great. She was like really queer and like affirming. And she liked like she liked effeminate guys. So that felt really good because I was like I was with this like older woman who was like really into like effeminate guys. So it was fun. Like there there were certain things that were challenging because like you can never like know you know, even if you're tr like in a T for T relationship, you're never going to know exactly each other's experience. But I will say that like being with a trans person, I'm, I'm with a, a trans femme person uh, now and we have been dating for 10 months now. And the experience of like just knowing like that it's 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 just like one layer of comfortability that that you just can't get to with an, with a cis person. It's just like this, like even even though the cis woman that I was dating was like incredible and exceptional in so many ways, there was still this like, you're never gonna really know me yeah. kind of feeling. Hmm. And with my current partner, it's like, I, I can relax more than I've ever been able to relax with a partner hmm. before. And I think there's a lot of factors that go into that. I don't think it's just because they're trans. I think they're also my soulmate. But, you know, that the trans thing really helps a lot. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And yeah, have y'all remind me, have y'all posted videos of giving each other like T and E? Have you posted? Have I? Yeah. Haven't I seen videos like that? OK. You just one. Just one. One. Yeah. One. OK. OK. Uh, yeah. 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 That was that was a cute one. We did that. Um, people were super sweet about the, you know, whatever. They, they commented nice things. And then a lot of people were like, wait, what are you doing? Are you giving each other your own hormones? Like what? <laughs> like it was, yeah. The internet is so funny. I just, I just came out with a new shirt that says nuance is hot because I was just thinking about how like the internet just does not leave any room for nuance at mm -hmm. all. And like everyone just jumps to such black and white conclusions. And it's just so like, if you scroll on comment sections, it is like, it's just amazing to watch mm -hmm. humanity interact with each other. Yeah. It's it, astounding. It, it depressing as fuck sometimes too. <laughs> completely. Completely. I mean, I follow like a lot of um like Christian mom meme pages on Facebook. <laughs> okay. Just just to read the comments. Yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. It's like it's better than anything. It's better than any reality show. 
I have lately been addicted to like podcasts that have been going on for so long that the hosts don't give a shit anymore and the show's mediocre, but people still listen. And I go on to Reddit and I read all the people commenting on all the new episodes. And that is my, that is my reality TV. That is my Real Housewives. That is my like fill of drama. And I'm like a little bit embarrassed, but also still, I'm so excited to do it every single week. I'm like, what's so funny. Yeah. It's, it's a weird life. I get that. I also like go on mom hacks on tiktok or on tiktok or instagram like mom like mom hacks and then read those comments because it's like like put your baby in a in a blow up kitty pool in the living room and put toys and blankets and it'll like it'll be so fun and then like a few comments are like oh my god this is a genius idea and then the next like 2,000 comments are just like, your baby's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so funny. Oh, I love it. <laughs> okay. So, Ezra Michelle, before we go to a break, I want to ask you real quick. Uh, we have a lot of listeners who are younger and just getting started, and we know that a lot of them are, are trans. And do you, do you have any advice to share with that audience who's just getting started on this journey for themselves? Yeah, I think that my advice is to remember that the the thing inside you that told you that you were queer or trans or whatever is the thing that's going to guide you through all of it. So remember to listen to that primarily before any other any other external voice or advice or anything like you have you have the compass inside you. If I could do it. And I was like in my, you know, druggy haze, then you could do it too. <laughs> like it's, it's always there and it's always available to you. If you just, if you get quiet and listen, it'll tell you what to do next, you know? Mm. So you have, you have the answers within you, child. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's like, wonderful. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. Yoda or something. It was probably. <laughs> if I've ever. I mean, yeah, that's the little one, right? Yeah, I'm him. sure. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, then, are you, you want to take a break? Yeah, let's take a break. Okay, let's take a break. Break. This is the part where Mike and Kyle take a break. So are we back? We're back. We're back. <laughs> we are going to do our gayest and straightest. We're going to do our gayest and straightest. But first, as for Michelle, where can people find out more about you, what you're up to, where they can buy your pussy boy shirts? Like, Tell us all the things. So you can follow me on Instagram, Ezra Michelle Music. Uh, and then you can follow my my pussy boy apparel account. That's pussy boy apparel with an underscore for the U because pussy, they're not, a, I couldn't, I couldn't put pussy as my handle <laughs> unfortunately and then welcome home hair for my barber shop account and uh and that's uh Ezra Michelle music on TikTok as well and um yeah I think that's oh, and then pussyboyapparel.com is where you can buy my merch but it's also linked to my Instagram so you can you can go to my IG shop if that's easier for you follow Ezra highly recommend great music great content great shit Aww. so absolutely go follow Ezra Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, our website is gayishpodcast.com. We are on all the socials 
Except TikTok. At Gayish Podcast. Our hotline. You can send us text messages or leave us voicemails is 5855-GAYISH. That's 585-542-9474. Standard rates apply. By the way, we've gotten some great gayists and straightists in voicemail that we will play uh, in, in future episodes. Please keep sending those in. We love them. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Our email is gayishpodcast at gmail.com. Our physical mailing address is post office box 19882, Seattle, Washington, 98109. Two reminders. Two reminders. Patreon happy hour Wednesday, May the 3rd at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. Everyone at any level of Patreon can join us for that Zoom call. And we're posting the Zoom link in the Patreon app. So look there. And tickets for our Six City Tour are available May 1st. Some gayishpodcast.com slash live to look for those tickets. Yeah, please buy tickets and please come so we don't cry. Please come. Yeah. Boy, have I said that line before. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> gayest and, <laughs> gayest and straightest. Jeffrey Gayest and straightest. You want me to go first? Yeah, go for it. Great. Uh, so the, the, the straightest thing about me this week was last night when I... Uh, you and I rode home from that birthday party. I was driving the Jeep and mm-hmm. another friend joined us who was climbing into the Jeep and goes, oh, do you have a dog? Oh. <laughs> I haven't had a dog in, when was the dog's episode? Oh, boy. It's like four or five years now. I just am that disgusting that there's still dog hair in my Jeep years later. Yeah. Um, we need to just take a quick vacuum to, or, you know, or not, you know, or live your life. Yeah. I mean, I, I do. You I, do. I, yeah. Uh, and then the, the, the gayest thing about me this week, I, I think that I've talked about the hot trainer Dakota at the gym <laughs> before. Uh, he usually is wearing like really baggy clothes. Like he's still hot despite like wearing these like shapeless, formless <laughs> clothing. Woo, Dakota was in a tank top yesterday or a, a couple of days ago. And uh, I, I totally got called out for like not paying attention. Because I was by Dakota, not by Dakota, but oh, by, oh. by by John, who was the trainer that I was assigned that day. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, he's like, "Are you even paying attention?" It's <laughs> like, "Oh no, I'm sorry." And then I turned bright red because, like, I was clearly like, I didn't know that hot Dakota has like everything that I thought about his body was absolutely true <laughs> and had a full like tattoo sleeve Ooh. and like Dakota. I was drooling. It was bad. <laughs> um, how about you, Kyle? Go. Uh, my gayest is I was just at my appointment for my prep every three months, yeah. get STI and HIV testing. And when we were scheduling my next follow up one, I was like, can we do that for the week after Pride? <laughs> <laughs> just, I don't know. Maybe I might want some STI and HIV screening the week after Pride. Just, and she was super chill the the prep nurse was like absolutely let's do it then um the other thing is i feel like i'm pretty medically competent on a lot of these topics but i did not know about so i learned about doxypep hmm. which i will now tell everyone about doxypep have you heard of uh, do you know doxycycline yes okay so it's post exposure for potential uh, exposure to chlamydia or gonorrhea there is a pill that you can have on hand and take if you are exposed to either of those or, or worried that you are, it's one pill that you can take afterwards. So I was like, oh, I'm generally slutty. Like, mm. that would be nice. So I'm going to talk to my doctor about maybe getting Doxypep. Huh. So, but oh, yeah. yeah, had no idea that that was even a thing. I was just going to make the joke that at Pride, they should hand out Z-Packs to everybody. Apparently, oh, like they are. You know, they- <laughs> well, not for free because obviously, but you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, Ezra, what about you? What is your gayest and straightest? 
Wait, did you do straightest? That was my straightest is not knowing a, uh, a, about oh, the okay, medication okay, okay. for chlamydia. <laughs> That's pretty straight. Um, uh, gayest was me and my partner were going to have sex. And then I noticed that I had a lot of butt hair. I <laughs> went to the shower and I shaved my butt hair. And they didn't know that I did that. But I like secretly ran to the shower and did that. <laughs> Um, that's pretty gay, I yes. think. Um, and then straightest, uh, I started lifting. If you can oh. see, my my muscles are really muscling right now. Yeah. So I'm like a generally pretty small guy, and uh, I I'm like starting to like learn how to uh, actually eat food and um, bulk. Yeah. And lift things. So that's pretty. Stra- I feel very straight when I. And now my entire for you page is just a bunch of bodybuilding yeah. people because it's like. I think I like you are on the road to gym bro now you (laughs) I know I know like I mean yeah I'm I'm excited we'll see I want to I want to be able to like lift my partner up like like really easily so that's that's the goal oh nice well that's pretty straight yes that's very straight straight. perhaps the straightest yeah Yeah. follow Ezra's TikTok and and uh, Instagram for more (laughs) yeah yeah there's plenty of that slutty shit <laughs> Plenty of that slutty shit. You know our audience already. Well, I do. Ezra Michelle, thank you so, so, so much for being here today. What a wonderful conversation. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This has been incredible. You guys are great. We really appreciate it. Thank you. That is it. Oh, you're looking at me because I'm supposed to say things now. You're supposed um, to thank people that give us money. Yes. Um, <laughs> Uh, I'm ready and prepared. I would like to thank our super Gap Bridgers, Andrew Bugby, Christopher N. John Carly, Stephen Porch, Yost Osel, Harry Shaw, Josh Copeland, Jonathan Montanez, Wadu Forrest, Neil, Patrick Martin, James Barrow, Steve Douglas, Explosive Lasagna, Michael Covington, Just Jamie, Kevin Henderson, Thomas B. Timmy, Timothy Sora, <gasps> Dusty Sands, A.E. Coleman, Chris Cachatorians, and Jerome York. One of these days I will get it in one breath. Well, that is it. This has been Gayish from the Chris Cachatorian Studios. I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. Until next week, be butch, be fabulous, be you. Bye. See you next week. Bye. That's a cute word I hear. Yeah, your questions were like not invasive at all. Oh, we should have we should have tried harder than or something. I know. I no, was like, like, wow, this is uh, this is this is good. It was it was easy. <laughs>